This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance Plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's Monday in the basement, OG. It's a great day. It's the best Monday ever. Are you kidding me? It's probably the best Monday ever. I think everybody out there can feel it too. They can just feel the energy today. Yes. Tell everybody it's, why it's uh, the best. It's the addition by subtraction, in my opinion. I mean, it's really, <laughs> let's see how long it takes everyone to figure out why this show will be the best <laughs> show of Stacking Benjamin's history, if I do say so myself. So good. But before we dive into all of that goodness, what do we need to do? Every Monday morning. Toast the troops. Toast the troops. And since it's uh, later in the Monday, it doesn't have to be coffee. It could be cappuccino. It could be uh, latte or just straight scotch like what you have in your coffee mug. <laughs> exactly. Cheers. Cheers to America. Not, not even on the rocks. Just hoist the bottle. Yeah. What are, you, what are you sporting today? I've got a really positive message. Oh, just, a, you know, it's an airplane dimension. Yeah. You got some like specs on how to build your own. Yeah. A10 or something like Flying that. Flying device. Yeah. I'm just letting everybody know, have a great day. Have a great day. So we're definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely, there it is. Nice. Just a positive nice. message for everybody. Positive message. Got to see the YouTube video on Don't that mind one. mind the bottom but of my thanks mug. to all the men and women from Navy Federal and from Stacking Benjamins. We thank you for uh, keeping us safe this weekend. It's the, uh, you know, kind of first weekend of full-time fall. And uh, our second weekend, I guess, but all because of you, we get to drink coffee that says, have a great day or a cappuccino or a bottle of scotch like Doug. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. Let's roll. Who's with me? from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. (laughs) 
I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today you'll learn how to turn your love of finding great deals into profit with flea market flippers Rob and Melissa Stevens. In our headlines, did you buy I-bonds last year when all the cool kids were taking advantage of those sky-high rates? It might be time to move. We'll dive in. For our TikTok Minute, you'll learn about a little-known travel tip that's buried in the airline's fine print. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Jeff, who wants to know what he should do to make up for lost time from not investing earlier in life. And then I'll share some picky trivia. And now, two guys who are the coolest people on the show, really the only reason you're even listening, it's OG and me. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of the Stacking Benjamin Show. Think they figured it out yet? This is going to be amazing. I am the OG, not the fake OG on Twitter. And across the card table from me, wait, <laughs> that's his line. You have no idea what you're doing, do you? Eh, I got to work on it a little bit. Doug, can you help me with this for just a quick second? This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Okay, I think I've got it, but I want one more rehearsal before we hit it for real. Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? Uh, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join and open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things. They offer 24-7 help for their U.S.-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to NavyFederal.org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy and Federal is insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. Excellent. I think I got it now. Let's get this party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamin's Headlines. There's some big news out there uh, on I-bonds. About a, what, 
year, year and a half ago, rates for I-bonds went through the roof. And we uh, we found an article from Investopedia that- Everybody uh, and their brother was buying I-bonds. Everybody and their brother. And sister. And Investopedia is making us think. Check this out. They say, if you own U.S. Treasury bonds, it's a very smart time to cash them in, even if you don't currently need the funds. That's because two things are currently true. For one, I-bond rates have fallen dramatically from the stratospheric heights they reached last year. That means you won't earn nearly as much going forward. And at the same time, rates on certificates of deposits continue to soar, offering their highest returns in two decades. This gives you the opportunity to move the funds you hold in I-bonds into a CD where you can lock in a record rate that's guaranteed for a month or years down the road. What do you think about that, OG? I-bonds are a government bond that are tied to the rate of inflation. So when inflation was really high, you know, a couple of years ago, and that was kind of all the talk, one of the benefits of high inflation was these uh, government bonds that were tied to inflation, which nobody used because for 20 years, they came out in like 1997 or maybe 98, but with inflation being so low for 20 years, they were hardly ever used. The way that they work is that the government sets the inflation rate that's tied to the bonds once every six months. And so anything you buy during that six months, you get that rate for six months, and then they reset it in May and November. Was well, inflation has gone down, thankfully, so to have these rates. So now we're seeing these I-bond rates are, are not the 9.6. I, I think that was the number that was the highest number, 9.62. Does that sound, sound right? Woo-hoo. I can't... I, yeah, I, I don't exactly remember what the number was, but it was in the mid nines and then they were sixes and so on and so forth. So now I think a brand new one's three. Yeah, yeah, it's like three and a quarter, maybe. Three and a quarter, maybe, if you add new money to it or the refresh rate's going to be three. So this article is uh, spot on. You know, what's interesting about cash, I think, is for so long, we didn't pay attention to it. We would yeah, maybe kind of shop it a little bit if we thought we were going to have a, a, you know, a decent size emergency fund. But, you know, if you had 10 or... 15,000 bucks in your savings account at Bank of America, and it was paying 0.1 versus the credit union that was paying 0.15. It's a lot of inertia. You and I have talked about this, about changing banks, how much of a pain in the butt that is. You go, is it worth it to pick up an extra five bucks a year of interest on my $10,000? No, it's not. But now with interest rates and savings rates and CD rates, money market rates in your Schwab account are over five. That same $10,000 is now paying $500 of interest. So if you haven't paid attention to your rates yet, or you haven't paid attention to taking a look at where where you can shop this, I think it's a missed opportunity. A couple of questions for you. You mentioned refresh rate. Tell everybody what that is. I mean, I know. Of course, I, you know, I can tell them, but they want to hear your voice. Well, it is very sultry. Basically, just in May and in November is when when the new rates take effect. So so they publish them. I don't remember how far in advance, but it's some amount of time in advance, four or six weeks, and say, starting in November, this is the rate that you're going to get on your bonds. One thing to note with I-bonds now, anything that you purchased in 2021 has a base rate of 0.4. So you're at least getting that regardless. The I-bonds that you purchased before 2021 didn't even have a base rate. So you could quite literally earn zero on your bonds forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, if inflation was really low. So there's at least that you're going to get. But the way to check this, by the way, it's super simple. The Treasury website used to be very, very bad. Now it's like pretty bad. <laughs> Just slightly bad, yeah. <laughs> it's like it used to be like a two on a scale of one to 10, and now it's a 3.7. So if you have I bonds or you purchased them or any kind of bonds for that matter, savings bonds, whatever, it's a really great idea to log them on the website because they will show you when they stop paying interest, what the rate is, all that sort of stuff. This is not just true for I-bonds, but it's it's no joke. We talk to people at least five times a year 
that say, oh, I've got some savings bonds. What do you think I should do with them? Well, when did you get them? Oh, I've been putting them in my, you know, I hadn't taken out of my paycheck for a $50 increment since I started working in 81. It's like, Jeez. well, you know, savings bonds stop paying interest after 30 years. So you've got this pile of money that you accumulated from 81 to 2011 that for the last 12 years is sitting there not gaining any interest whatsoever. It's been over 30 years. So this is a good place to put it anyway. Log into your treasury website, treasury treasurydirect.gov. You log in and it sends you, you know, all your security stuff. And then when you click on your I-bonds, you just click, keep clicking into it until you see the rate. And it will tell you, here's the rate on your bonds. If your number is three, four, ax them. Time to uh, 86 them. Is that what the kids say? Yep. Time to 86 them and, uh, and get that money moved over to a high yield savings account, money market fund, CD, maybe even if that's your jam. Do you prefer any of those three over the others? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would have to see a pretty profound CD rate above what money market rates are to motivate me to lock it up. You know, like I mentioned right uh, at the beginning, I know Schwab, we use Schwab as our custodian for our clients. Schwab money market right now is 5.3, maybe something like that. 5.4, it's variable, it changes, but not, you know, dramatically every day. So it's closing in on five and a half. If I'm going to put money in a CD for a year, it better be better than five and a half. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I could say, well, I'll just get five and a half right now. Now, recognize that that money market rate could change. It could go, go down over the next year, in which case you would have been able to lock in that rate. So, but high yield savings accounts are in the fours, you know, high threes, low fours. Money markets are in the five, CDs are in the five. It really boils down to what tier of your cash reserve is this? If it's your first month or two worth of emergency fund, absolutely not a CD because you know you need to have one or two months worth of liquidity. Months three, four, five-ish, I think you want that to be in a local savings account or a high-yield savings account you know that you can find or money market fund. Months six and beyond, if you're working on that six-month reserve to 12-month reserve, I think it's safe to use a CD if, that's, uh, if, if you're pretty confident in your cash flow and you don't, you don't need to access that money. And la- last question before we move on from this, uh, when can I sell my, do I have to wait a certain amount of time before I can sell? Not only just factoring in, is it a good rate and a good time, but isn't there, a t- I got to leave it there for a year, 18 months? Yeah, there's two things to be aware of. The first thing from a timing standpoint is no sales are allowed for 12 months after you purchase it. So whenever you bought it, you got to keep it for at least 12 months from months 13 through month 60. So basically where everybody is right now, yeah. it, you know, if you've had it you're going to give up the last three months worth of interest. So there's a penalty for selling it today, which is you just don't get that last three months worth Years of interest. Years two through five, you're giving up three months. Year two through five, two, year, yeah, correct. Years two through five, correct. Yep. And then I don't know how long it takes to transfer the money. I'm lucky that uh, you and I have talked about this. My I-bonds are still at six and a half. Yeah. So I'm YOLOing that until until they crater it Yo-lo. you know, in another month. <laughs> YOLOing <laughs> at 6%, baby. All right, 2002 OG. Straight cash, homie. <laughs> you know, my whole $20,000 in my I-bonds. I'm, I'm, uh, but hey, you know what? I made 2500 bucks in the last two years on savings bonds. So it's I-bonds, not nothing. So. That'll buy me a bottle of scotch. Quite a nice one at that. Yeah. You know, uh, it's kind of entry level for me, but uh, hey, um, so thanks for that. Great, great info as always. But now it's time for us to take a look at what's going on on the socials. Uh, we're going to, yeah, we're going to, uh, well, we're going to have that? our TikTok minute and normally, boss man would ask us, you know, he'd pick you or me, which, you know, yeah. Hey, Doug, what do you think it's going to be amazing I or cheated. hashtag amazing? I already said it sucked. Yeah. What do you think? 
last time you you baited me into making me say this is going to be amazing because I always go the opposite way of you, and I got hosed on that deal. So, w- what do you think about this one? I, I already listened to it, and I don't like these types of videos, so I cheated in advance. What, what the hell? Well, I'm like head cook and bottle washer around here. I don't know if you've noticed, but my responsibilities have increased greatly <laughs> in the last 18 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you had to open one more file. In preparation. I had to turn stuff on. There's a lot of technical things here you wouldn't understand. It, this is really this is really for the the most important people in the show. But anyways, here you go. Listen to this. This is Erica 2 on YouTube. Hi, it looks like you bumped me from this flight I was supposed to be on. Yeah, we overbooked it. Basically, we sold more tickets than seats on the plane. And to our surprise, everyone showed up. But what can be done? We'll try to get you on the next flight in a few hours, but there's nothing else I can do. Sorry. She has no idea I follow Erica. Watch this. Actually, I've read the terms. This is called involuntary denied boarding. And in this case, I'm eligible for compensation. Okay, how much money do you want? Well, it depends. When's the next flight you can get me on? It leaves in two and a half hours. According to the Department of Transportation, since the next flight you can get me on results in over a two-hour delay, I'm entitled to four times the cost of the one-way fare. I paid $375 for the one-way fare, so that's $1,500. Ugh, fine. We'll get you your $1,500, and I'll book you on the next flight. Do I need to pay for the next flight you're booking me on? Nope, we're covering that in addition to the $1,500. And who taught you this? Erica taught me. She's a lawyer and reads the fine print, so I don't have to. That's why I follow her. When Erica number two, whoever's playing the flight, uh, you know, attendant said, oh, fine. That's not the F word I thought she was going to use. <laughs> yes. Have you ever been involuntarily denied boarding other than due to inebriation? <laughs> Stop bringing up last month. Uh, no, I don't think I have. Other than falling asleep <laughs> at the bar and missing my connection. Oh, dude, I was just tired. No? I had a long week. Just sleepy. God, it was like one in the afternoon. No, I've never, I don't think I've ever been booted like that, but it's a pretty, like now I want to be, now I want to look for the flights that are most likely yeah. to be overbooked, you know, like the heavy traffic corridors Yeah, and go. Sounds like a great way to spend a Friday afternoon. Like I've got other things to do. Sitting in O'Hare collecting $1,500 stipends from uh, that Southwest. That happened to Finn a couple of years ago from, he was on a ski trip and he he got bumped only from the first short leg from like Bend, Oregon to Salt Lake City. And he got bumped from that. I don't think he knew the FAA rules on what he could demand. And he felt like he won the jackpot. They flew him first. When they finally got him on a plane, they flew him first class the whole way from, from Bend all the way back to O'Hare. I think he got a thousand bucks, which was not four times. So he probably lost out there and didn't realize it, but he was a college kid. He thought he was hitting the jackpot. The timing worked out so that when he ended up getting back to Chicago, he caught a free ride from some other kid who was going back at the same time back to Purdue. And so he just felt like he hit the lottery. King of the Probably world. could have gotten more. I know that there's also on your uh, credit cards, for example, most of them have some sort of travel protection of some kind, lost baggage, delayed insurance. <laughs> All that sort of fun stuff. That's a pain in the ass. To qualify for or to, to, to claim? Well, like we tried to use it on um, on a flight that Tucker had because he fell really ill while he was there and we had to get him home. And they made us jump through hoops and send all kinds of documentation and it was crazy. Kind of like any insurance claim then, basically? Yeah, but it shouldn't be that hard. I, just fix it. You should just be like, I don't feel good. Uh, send, me some, send me some cash. Yeah. 
Send me some cash, no? All right. Well, follow Erica if you want uh, these wonderful YouTube videos. I, I, I'm just not a big fan of the ones with the same people wearing different clothes, like looking at each other. Doesn't that, that kind of weird? It's like, just, just go get another person. Yeah. Like you have a friend. I mean, well, look at what we do. Could you imagine if I had to do, well, I guess I kind of am doing it, right? Today you are. Both jobs? Should I like turn my head this way and shave my hair off? Wear a funny hat? Get super old and grow a beard? Or just shave your head and look like Joe. That's what I said. Or get, get super old and wear a beard. <laughs> oh, wow. Man, you are hating on the boss man now that he's gone today. I wouldn't really call him boss. That's yeah. probably overestimating the role. Um, when we're on air, he's like the boss. When we're on air. Well, okay. You're not even going to buy I, that I, one, are you? I agree to disagree. <laughs> your ego will not even allow that to fly. Co-equals is what... I might even throw you into that. Anyways, what, what else are we going to talk what? about today? It is complete mayhem in the basement today. Moving along. You're raising me up to be almost like half a rung down? Well... This is nuts. The ladder isn't very tall. <laughs> All right, I'm taking charge here, dang it. Again, we need to get to Melissa and Rob. They've been together for 14 years and started flipping stuff. I don't know, flipping, flipping each other off, flipping, flipping that something. Usually ha- the flipping the furniture happens in usually the, like three months into the marriage. Flipping furniture? <laughs> like I'm so mad I'm going to flip the couch over? Yeah, like, that yeah like you're sitting at the table uh, eating breakfast and then you get, you know, are you taking out the trash today? Are you cutting the lawn? And then you just lose it. You just lose it. Okay. Just- well, I don't think they did that. They started uh, back in the, in the mid-90s when you were still... In uh, rare peak physical form, doing stuff on eBay. Remember eBay? Do you what? do you shop on eBay now? I do now. I do. Yeah. You do shop on eBay. Well, apparently they were doing it way back when. You had to upload your listing in HTML and get paid by checks in the mail. <laughs> I'm good for it. Send me my CD tower or whatever it was. Flipping <laughs> game is so much easier, simpler, with less risk than it used to be. Obviously, now uh, they've got internet. Uh, Melissa came into this uh, flea market flipping idea. It's really helped their family, especially when uh, when they had uh, their third kid. So I can't wait to listen to Melissa and Rob and Joe. Uh, we'll bring Joe back in just to handle the interview here with Melissa and Rob. I'm interested. But first, you have a little bit of trivia. As always, it's why I am your equal. Almost. Almost. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. I went sailing over the weekend, garage sailing, and boy, did I catch some great deals. I got a bowling ball a beaded curtain, and a black velvet painting of a stallion, all for just 30 bucks. I had to get out of there before they realized their error. What a deal. I'm going to keep the beaded curtain and painting for myself to help set the mood in my bedroom, but I listed the bowling ball on eBay. I saw one on there for 200 bucks. That got me thinking, there's tons of unnecessary stuff around here that I could flip for a profit. This morning, I listed some pens, a cool stapler, and all of Joe's podcast equipment. I can't wait to see Joe's face once I tell him how much money I got for selling all his stuff. So that brings me to today's trivia question. What's the most valuable thing ever bought on American Pickers? I'll be back right after I figure out how the heck to ship a bowling ball. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together 
We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because... Well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Hey there, stackers. I'm flipper and interior decorator, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Since I started flipping stuff on eBay a couple of days ago, I've already made 300 bucks. 30 of that was from Joe's podcast equipment. You know what? When he gets back, I'm going to take him out for a nice steak dinner at the Sizzler to celebrate. Here was today's trivia question. What's the most valuable thing ever bought on American Pickers? The answer? While the hosts of American Pickers have bought everything from Star Wars memorabilia to Aerosmith's tour van. Whoa, that's pretty sweet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It was a collection of vintage motorcycles and accessories that fetched the show's highest payout at 90000 bucks. Hold on. They got Aerosmith's tour van for less than ninety k. Seems like some of the paraphernalia left inside would be worth that much. Anyway, here to tell you what kind of stuff to look out for to make the most money flipping, it's professional flippers Rob and Melissa Stevens. I'm super happy we finally way overdue have them in the basement rob and melissa are here with us how are you guys we're awesome <laughs> we're awesome we're excited to be here joe thanks so much well it is about time and overdue i remember us talking about this in orlando at a conference god maybe five years ago i'm like yeah, oh my god this is so big what you guys do is so amazing and we got to have you on the show and then we did nothing <laughs> it's all <laughs> we all get busy it's all good absolutely well better late than never so let's start here rob let's start with you you have been a flipper from way, way, way back, I hear? 
Yeah. So probably when I was 16 years old, even before that, my mom would take me to yard sales and we would find stuff at yard sales back before any of the apps, before eBay and that kind of stuff. My mom would buy stuff from yard sales. She'd bring it home and she'd sell it in the classified section. So I got modeled from a young age and then just figured out that this is one of the funnest ways to make money and profitable as well. So we absolutely love it. Was she doing it because it was fun? Was she doing it because she was addicted to yard sales? Was she doing it uh, to pay off debt, uh, get ahead? What, why was she doing it? Yes, all of the above. <laughs> so we, I come from a big family. I have six older sisters. I'm the youngest and only boy. So seven people in our family. So my parents would go to yard sales to provide for us. So we got secondhand clothes, shoes, that kind of stuff growing up. And that's how they provided was through yard sales. But they also had the hobby of finding these cool things at yard sales. We lived in a, an area that was... I want to say it was more affluential. Is that the right word? Uh, yeah. yeah it, something. Anyways, we did not have a, a super expensive house, but all the areas around us were super, super expensive. So we would go to those yard sales and they would sell stuff so, so, so cheap. My mom would get really good deals on stuff and then she'd bring it home, clean it up and then list it in the classified. And they made extra money that way at the same time as being able to provide for us kids as well. It's funny, Rob, I didn't flip it, but when we lived in Michigan for a couple of years, we moved back to this this community that was adjacent to really, really wealthy communities and they would wealthy neighborhoods and we would go to their estate sales. And it's funny. And and, and this is why I'm going to sound really bougie. I've got this badass wine fridge that all of my friends talk about. They're like, you've got the coolest wine fridge. I got it at one of these, these Uber rich people were selling it for like 50 bucks. And this thing's got to be, th- I haven't even looked it up because I'm not interested in flipping it, but it, it must be thousands of dollars and it was 50 bucks. We talked to the person running the sale. They're like, yeah, they're just redesigning their whole house because they're bored. <laughs> That's it. You can get some crazy, good crazy. Deals. Do you remember, do you remember your first deal when you were 16? Um, yeah, my first deal that I actually was a game changer for me was a Nordic track ski machine. This was when eBay came out. I think that's called a clothes hanger. Isn't that called a clothes (laughs) hanger? You know it. That's the exact one. So we found those people would, uh, move into Florida. We're down in Florida. They'd move into Florida from the Northern States. They would have these units and then they would donate them to the local Salvation Army, Goodwill, that kind of stuff. Well, we went to an auction at the Salvation Army and you could buy these things for like five bucks because they come to Florida. We could exercise outside. We didn't need this kind of stuff. So we would buy them from there. My first flip, my first flip that I recall is buying it from a Salvation Army for $5, bringing it home, taking pictures of it, listing it on eBay and selling it for like $350 uh, within seven days. And that's when I got hooked and we shipped it from Florida back up to Michigan. So it made the trip down and then back up because we sold it and that's how it worked. So yeah, that was definitely a game changer realizing not only that, it only took me a couple hours. I was working at a Red Lobster at the time, um, making five, $6 an hour. And then me doing this and spending three hours to make $350 more than I made in two weeks of working at Red Lobster part-time. I was like, okay, this is a game changer. I'm going to really learn how to do this really well and keep going to the next level. So that was my first flip. Yeah, but Rob, I understand the money thing, but Red Lobster has those damn biscuits. <laughs> Cheddar Bay biscuits, baby. I love them. <laughs> I would be, I would be 600 pounds if I, if I worked it. You know, Lobster. just as a little fun fact, they actually put him in the Red Lobster suit and made him go do backflips by the side of the road to get customers in. So that was... His yeah, job. <laughs> they found out that I could do a backflip on the ground. So they put me in the big red lobster the suit and we were on in a Orlando, busy highway. In the heat. <laughs> they would send me out there to start doing flips on the side of the road to attract business in. So yeah, that yeah, fun fact on the side of my red lobster six bucks career. An hour. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how Melissa found him. She's like, I gotta get with this guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh well, let's fast forward, Melissa. It's two thousand seven. 
you find this dude who likes looking for junk. Like what? Tell me about marrying into this family. I really didn't know exactly what he did whenever I met him. Like I didn't even know like eBay. I didn't know that was a thing. I knew you could buy stuff, but I didn't know that you could actually make money on it. And he had actually just flipped a house right before we met. So he had some extra money. (laughs) And then he's like, sometimes I have money, sometimes I don't. (laughs) So that's just how it goes. And yeah, and then you would just always do it on the side. I'm like, he doesn't really have a real job, but I guess, okay, he's got money. I So I think so. I don't know. And then I kind of learned what he was doing. And you actually did it out of the side of, or he was in a duplex. And one of his rooms was all his eBay stuff room. So that's kind of, he just did it out of the duplex when we first met. Oh, that's good. So the duplex didn't, he didn't look like a hoarder because I could imagine (laughs) there's times when he's got all this stuff all over the place, but it's all in one room. It was all in one room at that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about later. But I got to assume then, Rob, that what Melissa said about sometimes, you know, you got money, sometimes you don't. That's because when you don't have money is when you're in the middle of deals, I bet. You've got a ton of inventory at that point and you're unloading it. Absolutely. And that I prefaced our whole relationship with sometimes I might have a lot of money and sometimes I might not, but you're absolutely right. So if you go out too much and that was in, in my younger yeah, years, yeah. learning the... I guess the teeter totter of, okay, you got to invest, but you also got to be, be bringing money in at the same time. Um, so you can't go out too much money in the investment to where you don't have any money to survive and live. And it's taken a while to get to the point where you can actually do that the right way. But yeah, absolutely. That, that was part of our growth. What's a common flip, Melissa, where people undervalue something and you find a quick profit? There's got to be one type of thing that people can get started with that's probably you know a layup, an easy win. Well, now we gravitate more towards appliances because there's so much profit in them. But and people, like you said, get rid of stuff for, you know, just out of uh, they're redoing their kitchen and they get rid of it and you can get it for next to nothing to start out, though. Like that's a little bit bigger one to ship. So it's a little bit harder to start with it. I did a lot of baby stuff whenever we started having kids. That's kind of when I got into a little bit more of the business was I was like, okay, well, what can I do at home? And so I started having kids. Some kids stuff is expensive. Like I didn't know how much like people pay for strollers and just like a lot of different brand name baby things. And so kind of got into that. And that's an easier thing to start. That's actually what your mom started with too, is baby clothes, right? My mom loved baby stuff. She and loved dolls, dolls yeah. collecting dolls. And then she started with baby clothes and actually doing- Lots of them, I think. She but, did yeah. on eBay, but even before eBay, she'd listed in the classified yeah. section of brand names. Yeah, it has to be the brand stuff. name. And that's where you have to make sure that it's a brand that people will reuse and like the brand. So. Absolutely. Well, that makes sense to me because, you know, looking at that audience, guys, I think people that have babies in the house have to be frugal, whether frugal or not, they have to be. And yet we have such this, you know, stigmas in society about what people wear and you want the baby to look good. So defining these high end brand names that parents are going to buy, but on a tight budget makes total sense to me. Like there's always going to be, you know, it's almost like. Alex Harmozy, who's a big marketing guy that maybe our listeners know, maybe they don't. He talks about how, listen, if you're selling hot dogs outside a Wrigley field, you're going to have customers, right? For you, I think it's got to be a little bit the same. There's got to be a built-in thirst of people that want this thing, like an appliance or like baby clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And and we did, I did really well with strollers for a long time. I started, and I, you still, people 
pay like over a thousand dollars for a stroller sometimes. Like it's crazy. And so we would go find these strollers for like 20, 50 bucks that were still in good condition and then sell them on eBay for a couple hundred bucks. And I remember I was like, I just want a Bob, a double Bob when we had the two kids, but they made us about 300, $350. I'm like, oh, I can't keep one. I need to make the money. And like, oh, finally we kept one. I was like, I'm keeping this one. And we ran that thing into the ground. But you did hit the nail on the head when you did say, so back in the early days when my mom was doing this, she took it from a yard sale, which had the potential of reaching a couple hundred people in a weekend to a classified section, which raised that audience to thousands of people. We do the same thing now where we'll buy locally from the flea market, from an app or something like that. And we throw it onto eBay, which has 152 million registered users. So we're just taking it from a smaller audience and throwing it into a bigger audience. So we have the potential to make more money on that item. I noticed that you guys use eBay a lot. And I'm wondering why eBay versus a place like Facebook Marketplace or uh, what's uh, Mercado, I think, or some of the other places out there. You seem to go eBay. Is it because eBay is better or is it because get to know one platform and know it really well so you're able to maximize? So it's really the reach of eBay. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that eBay has always been really well. And we've tried some of the other platforms too. We've tried Mercari. Um, We don't- Mercari, yeah. Yeah, we can't ship the big stuff through Mercari and we typically do a lot of bigger items. And Facebook Marketplace is, again, just your local market where we have, you know, 40, 50,000 local people. You can ship through Facebook Marketplace, but you cannot get a hold of customer service on Facebook. So, like, you can get a hold of eBay customer service. So if something goes wrong, we can handle it with eBay. You can't handle it with Marketplace. So that's why we don't ship through Facebook Marketplace. I know the Facebook Marketplace also has a problem with scammers. You guys run into scammers very often? Yeah, they definitely have a lot more than the other apps. So Yeah, eBay, once you build up your feedback on eBay, typically the scammers leave you alone. They know that you're legit. You, you've been on there for a while. Starting off on eBay, when you don't have a lot of feedback for buying or selling, you will have scammers reach out and try to scam you on eBay. But uh, Marketplace, yeah, it's it's like the wild, wild <laughs> west. You don't know what story you're going to get from somebody looking to buy it. So you definitely have to be careful. But the biggest thing is cash in hand. That's the cool thing about Marketplace. We do um, Marketplace too, we but do. just not as much as eBay. No, but cash in hand for marketplace. That, that, that's your safest thing to do is you meet somebody at a public place, a fire station, a police department, a strip mall, something like that to exchange the item. And then they give you cash. That's the safest way to do it, that you cannot get scammed by doing that. eBay is different because almost everything you sell, you ship. And that all goes through eBay's payment processing stuff. So you are getting the funds, but it's being guaranteed through eBay doing it. So um, yeah, there's a little bit of scammers on both sides of it, but marketplace, you'll receive a lot more on marketplace. That's great. I'm thinking for somebody just starting out, getting back to the children's clothes and the appliances, do you coach people to just look at one thing first? If you're doing this part-time, like become an expert in children's clothing so you can go to an estate sale or go to a, you know, moving sale, yard sale, whatever it is, and identify what the items are. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And we actually, for people that we do coach, we tell them not just like a, a one item. This business is really cool if you can do it with stuff that you know you have experience in or a hobby that you have. So uh, whatever- golf. There's a lot of golf. There you go. Whatever <laughs> your hobby is, whatever you like, or you already have a great knowledge base on that, that's where we tell people to start with. Start with that stuff because your learning curve is so much less when you already know what good golf clubs are, you know what good golf bags are, golf balls, all that kind of stuff. You already know that you don't have to go and find a golf club and then do the research to find out if it's expensive. So you can start with that baby clothes the same way. If you have a baby and you know what the expensive brands are and you enjoy that, you totally start there. That's the best place to start when you're starting out flipping. 
I got to imagine that there's some mistakes that people really make when they start out that they find very discouraging. What's a frequent mistake when you're coaching somebody that they're making that you're able to help them flip and do right? I think a big one that we see a lot is um, not taking enough pictures of an item for eBay because eBay, when they're buying an item, they don't get to feel it. Like in marketplace, you don't see it or feel it. They ha- they're buying it off the pictures. And so either their pictures aren't clear enough or they don't have enough of them or that's that's a common one that we see. I agree. Um, yeah, and it will lead to negative feedback as well yeah. to where if you're not describing the, the thing that people have to remember selling on eBay is they don't get to see the item before they pay for it and before they receive it. Uh, so when they get that item, if you didn't have all the imperfections in the pictures, if you didn't have, if you didn't state in the description uh, accurately what that condition of that item is, you're going to get negative feedback and it's going to throw your your whole business model off if you're trying to do this on the side or a full-time gig. Um, yeah, that's a huge mistake that we see. And now we tell people, I mean, eBay allows you to do, what is it? 24 pictures, yeah. 24 pictures yeah. and a video. So for what we teach, we have people doing videos and all the pictures that they can possibly use up when we're doing also higher profit items. So we're doing items from 2000, $5,000. And we want people to be impressed with the item they're getting before versus being disappointed when they get the item because they didn't know something about it. I was going to add one other recent problem that we've had, which is kind of a good problem was we've had a few people like jump in, do awesome, have a couple thousand, two thousand dollars sales right away. And then eBay held the funds for like froze their account for a little while. So now we have to go back and be like, okay, we have to start a little bit smaller, slower, (laughs) slower, grow your account a little. But I mean, it's awesome that they made those sales, but start your account, get a good standing with eBay, grow your account, and then we can run. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. I, I know you guys just did a road trip. You brought back some crazy stuff. You guys just across the country getting stuff. So fun. Great way to write off a trip too. I got to say that. But, but Rob, uh, when you were talking about doing these higher end items, I got to imagine you don't coach people to start there. Because I think that for you, the risk reward isn't that high because you know what you're doing. But somebody who's brand new, if you start off with some of this high end stuff, you could get screwed. Absolutely. And that's kind of what Melissa just uh, touched on was growing it slowly. And that's what we tell everybody growing it slowly, not only starting off with 20 to $50 items or even lower than that, but learning the process of eBay before you jump in and, and start selling a thousand dollar item, a $2,000 item. It's a lot easier. Like the freeze. Yeah. Like the freeze in your account stuff. Yeah. 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 So jump in and start with those low price items. If you have problems or you have a a scammer or something like that, a $20 bill is a lot easier to take than $1,000 or $2,000. So we always tell people, spend time building up your feedback in the beginning. And you make mistakes. You make mistakes in the beginning. Absolutely. Get the process down before you go to that next level and start doing high profit flips. I think we met around 2016, 2017, but 2016 was a big year for you. Rob, you're doing this on the side. You're doing it. You're bringing in extra money. It sounds like you're having a lot of fun doing it, but your company was changing. Tell me about this big moment in 2016 for you. Yeah. So this was huge. We had to decide to go full-time into flipping. Uh, The company that I was working for, I was doing reports for an insurance company, homeowner's insurance. They called me up and said, Hey, we're dropping your insurance, your health insurance as of March. It was April 1st. April 1st. They were dropping it. Melissa's pregnant. This is two months or a month before. Oh, they're dropping it March 31st. I was due April 1st. Let me and get some salt out and sprinkle it on you here. <laughs> we're going to give it to you hard. So it's March 31st that we would be ending and I was due April 1st. So we're like, 
well, that's cool. You're like, come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. <laughs> so I call her HR and I'm like, so she's due the first. If she delivers on the first, will we still be covered? Is there some kind of grace period? And she goes, no. If she delivers the first, you're responsible for all the medical bills after that because we're dropping you. So, which was stressful, super stressful. But Melissa and I sat down and we're like, okay, we've made money on the side flipping. We never thought it was a viable. Like a lot of people, I feel like when you hear that we're flippers, it's not a viable career. career. Like <laughs> who's a flipper? Who makes money full time flipping? And that's a that's the stigma that we had or that we even had on it. And I told Melissa, listen, we're making some great money on the side. We're making more money on the side income than we are on the full-time job. But the full-time job is providing the insurance. So I'm like, let's go all in and just make a lot more money and be able to pay for our insurance on the side. And it was stressful. We didn't have like well, a huge runway of money to no. do it. We just went all in and we did it and it was awesome. We had also decided I was stopping my job because this was baby number three, three and I was, and we had three, three and under. And so I'm like, this is just insane. I need to be home. I can't, I got to stop my personal training. I can't do it. And I'll just be home and you work. And then they threw that in the mix. I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're both going to be doing this flipping thing <laughs> from home. Let's do it. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just can't imagine the decision-making. And obviously it sounds like you haven't looked back. Like this was the best thing you could have done. Yeah. And I think we just needed that push too. Like we, we never did. really, we always made more money flipping doing than both of our jobs, but it was just kind of like, there's our extra padding right there. So I don't know why we didn't think it was something. Well, you said it's vacation money. So yeah. Melissa, I'd find a vacation because I love vacations. <laughs> I'd find a cruise and Melissa's like, Go flip something if you want to go on a cruise. And I'm like, challenge accepted. Bring it on, baby. So I'd go and buy a couple things and we'd flip them and then we'd go on a cruise. So that was kind of what it was. But now it was actually, okay, you got to pay your your mortgage. You got to pay yeah. everything you have with this income. And that's what we did. The health insurance game, how did you solve that? Because some people now start off right away with the portal and with, with the government. Other people look at these uh, religious ministries not as actually sound, but work for some people. How did you solve the health insurance game? Uh, we just kind of said, we're just going to be self-insured right now. But then we did eventually get MediShare. So. MediShare yeah. is one okay. of the Christian, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a Christian health yeah. share program. And that's what we've had for like four years, I think. Okay. Gotcha. And you've had a good experience. Yeah. But we're healthy. We're young. I was going to say, like, we haven't sure. had to max it out yeah. or anything. So, uh, yeah, because yeah. the, the only thing that worries me about that is the disclaimer on the bottom of things like MediShare that say this is not actuarially sound because there's such a smaller pot of people that are in it that there could be a catastrophic thing that happens and then it's, it's, it's it. difficult. Yeah. 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 And we haven't had to use that yet. So, it, our experience has been pretty, pretty good so far. So, yeah, we're, we enjoy it right now. It is good. You know, I mean, every strategy has an Achilles heel. And to know that when you go in, I think it's half the bet. You're never going to get rid of all the risk in anything, right? right? You, you, you just, you're not going to. I got to ask about your relationship because I can't imagine that you guys are smiling here at mom's basement with me. You get along great. There's got to be times when you disagree working together. How hard is it, Melissa, to work with your spouse? It was a learning curve because it's I- been years of a learning curve. <laughs> It's, yes. we, we're get, we got it, I think, under control for the most part. I am more somebody who creates the tasks. What am I going to do this week? What are you going to do this week? And then I'm like, so did you do those things? Like, did you? And he's like, I don't have a boss for a reason. So You are like, not my boss. <laughs> so it's learning <laughs> to be like, okay, this is what we said we're going to do, but I'm, I can't like get after him for if he doesn't do something. So, <laughs> But it does sound like though, Rob, roles and responsibilities and who does what is super important. I mean, to some degree, it's got to run like a business. 
Absolutely. And even where we're at right now, it's pretty cool because I am responsible for the flipping portion of the business. So I find the items, I buy the items, I flip them. Melissa uses all the stuff that I do for our coaching side of the business where she uses the content for shorts, for YouTube videos and that kind of stuff. Um, she does everything on the back end. If I had to do anything with a computer, like even right now, we'd be screwed. I, we would not be on this call right now if I was trying Rob, to set this up. Rob wouldn't have made it to the interview. If we <laughs> yeah, I did him. put it on the calendar. It was in our, our uh, Calendly. So. <laughs> That's fabulous. That, and I'm glad you made that transition to coaching people because I want to talk about that. Let's talk about some of the success stories that the people you've coached have had. I know that there's people I'm sure that have gotten out of debt, some people that have been able to achieve financial independence, can you, maybe without using names, talk about some of your students and some of the things that you've seen from them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the cool part about this business is I enjoy hunting stuff out, a needle in a haystack, finding that needle and being able to sell it and make bukus of money on it. I That's like, to me, I explain it as Christmas morning every single day. I get to go out, search for something and I'm not a kid anymore. My mom and dad can't say, no, we can't buy that. It's like, I can go buy it. I can do what I want to do. Me. Now I have Melissa telling me not to do it. So as for our students, though, it's so much more rewarding knowing Melissa and I can do this. I mean, we I've done this for 27 years now. I can totally find good deals all the time. We're, we're flipping stuff. We do it to stay sharp and because I love it, but being able to help students make that money to pay off debt, to pay their mortgage, to do that kind of stuff. Just one of the person, uh, one of the guys that we are working with for this last, we did a six month coaching session, a close, more intent, uh, intentional one-on-one coaching with him. And after three or four months, he was already at $25,000 from coaching with us one-on-one coaching. And to me, that's insane. That's to know that you're actually helping somebody grow. And his goal is to do it full time, to grow somebody's business and give them the confidence and the know-how and just be able to be a part of that. It's so much more rewarding than me just making money myself. It's so much cooler to see those stories in people. Yeah, that's fabulous. I just think about so many people struggling out there and the answers in your community. I mean, it's all, it's all around you. There's dollars to be, to be picked up. Uh, how do people get a hold of you guys? I know that you offer coaching. Where do they go if they want to get coaching, if they want to be a part of your mastermind, if they want to work with you? Uh, well, our website has all of the things, fleamarketflipper.com, but we are actually doing a new challenge pretty soon too, oh, which cool. we're excited about. So to help people like get started and that's going to be at learn flip.com. So we we're trying to help people at the getting started, make your first $250 and then grow it from there. So. Is that what the challenge is going to be? Make 250 yeah. bucks? Mm-hmm. In three days, three days. That's our goal. Oh, in three days. Yes. <laughs> wow. How cool would it be to have an extra couple Benjamins and a half in your wallet <laughs> after three days? That's awesome. Right? Rob and Melissa, thanks a ton for helping our stackers get uh, get a little more money in their pocket. Just just doing something as fun as this is. I think it's a great thing yourself, but I think also if you are part of a couple, it's something good to do together. It just seems like a fun way to work together. Well, M- Melissa, based on your answer, sometimes. <laughs> it's a learning curve. It's a learning curve. But we do have a lot of couples actually in our community too that now work together. And usually it starts with one of them. And then the other one's like, no, that's not going to work. Like it's not a viable, t- and then they prove them wrong, and then they're both in it. And I like that they're both gung ho. So it's pretty cool to see that transition. But yeah. you know, Alex Hormozzi and what he talks about being with Layla all the time. It's that Melissa and I have been married for is it seventeen years now? 
16. 16 years now. <laughs> and compared to, we spend 24 seven together. So it's like, we've been married already 60 years with how much people spend <laughs> with their spouse. So we know each other pretty well from, you know, being together 24 seven. So it is a really fun side hustle or a full-time gig that you can do with your significant other and just have so much fun with them. It's, it's a blast. Hey, this is Joe Crane, host of Veteran on the Move podcast. And when I'm not helping veterans transition to entrepreneurship, I'm stacking Benjamins. Sweet. We brought Joe back just for a little interview. It was awesome listening to Michelle and Rob, professional flippers. But more importantly, we sent Joe away again, didn't we? Yeah, we were like, we're good. We got you. And we sent him packing again. We should do this more often. The man needs a rest. Well, apparently he doesn't have any podcast equipment. So <laughs> beep, boop, bop. Joke's on him. You want to do Haven Lifeline? Yeah, hey, let's throw out the Laven the Laven Hafe line. The Laven Hafe line. <laughs> Boy, are we mucking it up today. I don't know why we need Joe. We're so polished at this. We got this wired. <laughs> let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important questions, OG. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency put what you value first, which is what today? Oh, absolutely. It's um Really prepped for this episode, didn't you? Hey, I have a lot of responsibility. I can't be in charge of everything. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying the 80 degree temperatures. I can get a little sunshine and get outside. It's not a thousand degrees in Dallas, so those are the things that I like the most. Is you're valuing uh, something you have no control over. I value the things I have the least control over. Correct. Well, once again, you are wrong. The correct answer is your loved ones and your time. It's why they've actually made buying quality term life insurance simple. Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash Haven Life now to get a free quote. I love what they're doing at Haven Life because they're committed to offering a modern way to buy life insurance. Their application is simple and online, and you get an instant coverage decision. Their prices are affordable. All policies are issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual, a more than 160-year-old insurer. No waiting several weeks for a decision. Really love their customer support. It's robust online life insurance calculator for those who aren't sure what they need. But you know what? Let's hear from our caller, Jeff. You've got mail. Joe and OG, I'm following your sage financial advice and I've achieved the following. I'm maxing out pre-tax retirement and the catch-up, adding to my small balance of 150K, contributing 8K annually to my IRA, opened a standard three-fund index brokerage account. I'm contributing $8,000 annually to my son's 529. I've paid off all non-secured debt credit cards and student loans. I have two small car loans totaling $40,000 with $23,000 in equity. I'm halfway through paying my mortgage with $250,000 left refied at 2.8%. I've done everything you should be doing at the age of 30. The only catch is that I'm 50 years old. Gen X cramming to meet retirement goals in a 15-year time frame. Should I pay off my house? Should I start stacking deeds for future income? Should I only invest in fixed rates because I don't have time to make up for losses? I feel like it's too late to focus on the standard three fund index brokerage account unless I repurpose it as my son's future retirement account. What should a 50-year-old Gen Xer do to make up for lost time? Sweet. Thanks, Jeff. I'm a Gen Xer. Are you a Gen Xer? I am. Absolutely yeah. a Gen Xer. Coolest generation ever. That's why we stole the cool letter. I'm more of a younger Gen Xer. 
than a more senior citizen Gen Xer. Like, can we answer Jeff's question? We don't need to know how handsome you think you are and how youthful. Let's get to Jeff. It's not think. It's am. I think, therefore, I am. Is that what the? What was that from? Uh, how about how about Rene Descartes? Somebody or, or Emmanuel Kant. Someone said that. Yeah, I'm certain of it. TM. Now it's mine. <laughs> Here's the thing, Jeff. This is the problem that most people think of when it comes to saving and investing. They get to 50 or 40s or 55 and go, yeah, I'm out of time. I screwed up. I totally, there's no no hope for me whatsoever. I heard him say that he's saving 30 grand a year in his 401k. I heard him saying that he's putting $8,000 a year into uh, an IRA, which I guess maybe is a Roth or a backdoor. Um, I guess he's putting some money in a brokerage account too. I, I, I couldn't keep track of all the numbers he's throwing out there. Low debt. Yeah, I would. I don't know that I would totally characterize the car payment as I just have a little car balance of 40K. Um, I guess relative to the purchase price of brand new trucks these days, maybe that's a little low, but um, you know, that's obviously something to work on. But here's the great news the power of compounding is so profound that we can't possibly imagine how it works. It doesn't make sense in our brains. And this is the big aha moment is. When you just accept the fact that doing the same thing over and over and over again for the next 15 years will be okay. It's not going to be as great as if you did it when you're 30, 100%. You're right. If you'd have done this when you were 30, you'd be in a different spot today. But arguably, you might be in a different spot with everything too. You can't really just say, well, if I would have done this when I was 30, I'd have $10 million when I retired. Maybe not. Maybe you'd have retired when you were 50 and retired with the same dollar amount. So who knows? My point is, is that if you've got $150,000 today, and you're saving $35,000, $40,000 a year, which is a profound amount of savings, that number is likely to increase, right? The 401k limits are going to increase each year. You're going to get pay raises each year probably. Should you buckle down maybe and save a little bit more? Up to you. But here's the great news. With just a normal 9% rate of return, you will get $1.8 million in 15 years, which is a whole bunch of money from 150000 at forty k a year, right? Like it just doesn't even seem like that's right. If you can somehow manage to make this work out to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 years, and you'd say, well, I don't want to work until I'm freaking 70. But hey, 70 is the new 50, so maybe you do want to. That number turns into $3 million. So somewhere between 65 and 70, you'll have somewhere between a million eight and $3 million. Plus, if you're saving all this money, you probably have really decent income. So Social Security will be around at 67 or 68 or 69 or 70. And that's another three or $4,000 a month of, of cash flow. Also, if you have a spouse, there's some other money there. So from a retirement perspective, I don't know how much money you make and I don't know how much money you're, you need to live on. But if you just do the thing that you're doing right now, you don't have to swing for the fences. This is where people get in trouble. People get in trouble because they say, I'm 50. I have to swing for the fences on every investment. I got to go buy a thousand rental properties or I have to be super aggressive in my investment portfolio. No, you don't. You just have to average something less than the market does. The S&P averages 10% a year. Do nine. You're totally fine. Stick with your three fund portfolio. Do it for the next 15 years and give me a call. Yeah, but OG, one of his main questions was, what do I pay off first? Well, obviously the cars, you know, and not the house because from a snowball method, you've got a, I mean, you're not going to pay off a quarter million dollar house anytime soon. Probably. I, I don't know. I'm just saying maybe he's got tons of extra money, but at 2% interest or 2.8, whatever number he said, the arbitrage of investing versus paying the debt off, I would definitely be investing today versus paying the house off. Because again, 15 years from now, that $200,000 mortgage is down to a $100,000 balance. 
and you've got two million bucks in the bank. So and a ton of equity in the house. And if you want to move, you know, there's a lot of pros to that staying on that path, which is another interesting thing because that's, you know, you think about the payoff on your house and how it seems like it will never happen. And yet pay it for 30 years. It eventually works, right? It's the same thing with investing. Just do the thing that you're doing and don't deviate. The biggest problem that people run into is trying to do too much, trying to get out in front of their skis and saying, well, I saw on TikTok that I'm supposed to do this or the Reddit Wall Street bets. I'm going to start doing, you know, zero dated options, <laughs> you know, because YOLO, you know, I'm 50. I don't have enough money. No, just do your thing. <laughs> You'll have 2 million bucks. It'll happen. All right. Thanks for your question, Jeff. Uh, here's the bad news for you. Great news is, yeah, OG has said you're probably in decent shape, even starting at 50, uh, heading towards retirement, pay off the car. Bad news is we can't send you a t-shirt, man. I mean, I'd love to, but Joe's gone. He's our, he's our head mailroom clerk. He's, he's gone. He is the mail clerk. So yes. looks like Doug finally gets hold, his t-shirt. It's been on. years. I get hold the on. t-shirt, right? Got a right? message here from Gertrude. She says, what? Yeah, she's in the sound room. She says, no, I'm the one that sends out the t-shirt codes. What? Doug, still, you do not get one. Sorry, bud. Why the hell did I send Joe away for the... Oh, my God. Sorry. This sucks. Sorry. Can't... <laughs> I think you and I both know who's really in charge of all this. It's Gertrude, and, isn't it? Uh, we are 100% not going to tick her off. All right, Jeff, you get your t-shirt. Can you believe it? We made it, dude. I don't think we need him. Oh. I knew that in the first two minutes. Well, I was pretty sure, but having burned through this in record time with what I can only imagine will be record listenership, I think it's pretty obvious the direction of the, should we call it a new show? Is it a new show? Like every- this is, People listening right now are going are gonna to say, I was there at the beginning. I heard the first show of the new greatness, the spin, what became the spinoff. It'd be like yes. people who said they were there for you know Woodstock or something. Yeah, it's going to be just like that. So anyways, I'm, I'm really excited about the future. What's going wait, on? Wait a minute. I hear it. Oh, I got a knock on my door. Hold on. Awards already? We're already getting awards. Oh. There are, UPS guy just showed up at my door. We got awards. Nice. Is it better than that trophy? <laughs> the trivia trophy? I can't imagine that we need to make any changes to the community calendar. I mean, that was one thing that, that was pretty nice. We can keep that going, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. We love what's going out on out in uh, Stackerville. That's a new phrase I just made up. Stackerville, TM. I, I like it. That's going to stick. Uh, you know, we get great reviews all the time. Uh, we've got some polls happening out in the basement. we got polls happening on Spotify. Let's start with a great review we got from Aristotle503 saying, I'm a podcast addict, and this is one of my favorites on personal finance. My one complaint is the extra bit they throw in at the end of the show. <laughs> Ask and ye shall receive. <laughs> we should. And that, Aristotle, just because of you. Just because of you. In fact, one of the most talked about things in the basement recently was shortly after the episode aired where Joe talked about us getting rid of the dessert. I mean, that that went on fire in the basement. Yeah. People were freaking out about that being gone. Don't worry. We still do it. We're just moving it. And now it's on the back porch. We go out yeah. back porch, have a couple of cocktails and talk about fun stuff, funner yeah. stuff. Most is fun, yeah. But thanks for that review. He gave us, uh, well, I'm rounding. He gave us five stars. It was like four, but I, I see there's a little bit of yellow in that fifth star. So I'm going to round up to five stars. But uh, thanks for that, Aristotle503. And we had a great poll in the basement 
uh, just a short while ago asking uh, Kevin Bailey, our amazing editor of the 201, asked, what's your idea of a fun money date activity? Tons of options. People put a bunch of their own options out there, custom ones uh, uh, over and above the ones that Kevin originally posted. But the, the winner, the clear winner, was walking or physical activity. And I see that. I get Hey-o. that. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you dirty old man. That was the first thing your brain thought of with physical activity? Yeah, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I get it now. Don't mind Doug. He'd a little Sad slow. Sad that it's not your first thought. <laughs> it keeps your mind off the money part of it. It sure does. Yeah. I like it. So that's uh, that's what's going on out in the community. But if you're not here for the great listener call-ins that we get on the Haven Lifeline, if you're not here for us covering the latest financial news in the headline segment or the great interviews. Improving the show overall. But – but Every level. you're here to just hear Doug and OG's voice. We get it. I mean, that makes sense. But if you're also here because you need to improve your team and put better people in your corner, OG and his team are currently taking clients. OG, where do they go to uh, figure out how to get in touch with you? Oh, pretty simple. It's just stackingbenjamins.com slash OG. See, try to keep it easy. You did make that simple. Yeah. Stackingbenjamins.com slash OG. And we're getting close to the end of the year, so if you've got some planning issues, tick-tock, tick-tock. tick-tock. <laughs> the death knell is tolling. Well, you know, Bong. how many times do you get to the first of the year and go, I should have, da-da-da-da-da. Right. I wish I would have known that my tax bill was going to be this. Like our call, you, you, know? you could be like our caller, Jeff, who found out, you know, I'm 50 now, and I got to, we got to move. Well, but Jeff's in good shape. All right, so that wraps up the uh, informative portion of our show where everybody learns so many things. How about we uh, push ourselves away from the podcasting table and head out to the back porch? You grab the booze. I'll grab the Funyuns. When was the last time you had a Funyun? Um, let me think. Never. No? I'm not sure. I love onions, but that is That's some- your new mission in life, man, is to go the next time you stop at a gas station to fill up that big old truck of yours with gas. God, no. 100%, you need to walk into that gas station and get yourself a bag of Funyuns. It's just a bag of heartburn, isn't it? I'm not going to give away the ending. <laughs> That's not fair. Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's the fun in Funyuns, Doug. But if you haven't had one, I mean, what's your go-to uh, snack food? Oh, great question. I Crunchy Cheetos for me. <sighs> oh, really? Oh, no, what am I saying? So in the armrest of the truck, you know, it's a big, huge armrest yeah. Cavern in there. Yeah. I have like aisle seven from a CVS in there and I keep combos. combos what kind of combos? Um, that's also a good question. I prefer the cracker and cheese combo okay. versus the pretzel and cheese combo. I'm much more of a pretzel and cheese guy. Yeah. No, I prefer the cracker. Just, you know, get crazy and go like the pizza flavor or just. No, no, just normal, that's ridiculous. Just combos. Yeah. No, okay. just usually the straight up old school ones. You know, I've ventured out, I've tried the buffalo. Mm-hmm. Wing, mm-hmm. okay, but that's your that's so so that's your driving around. I got to run to the bank. I get a handful of combos before I head in. Oh, you <laughs> little, little carb are you loading. in my truck with me? Like carb loading before I can get my haircut. That is yeah. precisely what happens. It's like yeah, run get an oil change. Sweet, it's combo time. What about like sitting on the couch? Are, are, you're not much of a snacker, though, are you? You're not. Um, I'm not. I'm actually not much of a snacker. I will have like a whole second dinner before yeah. I before I save room so I can have dessert or so I can snack later. Yeah, I don't do a lot of that. Yeah, you're not a big dessert guy. 
I mean, I'm going to eat it. You put a good tiramisu in front of me, I'm going to yeah. inhale that. Yeah. But yeah, we got, uh, we had a little thing the other day at our house and we ordered a cheesecake from Costco, one of those like industrial sized cheesecakes. I'm listening. That uh, it's lasted the whole week. I mean, it's taken the whole week for us to get through. I mean, it must be, the thing must be 36 inches across. It's like, <laughs> it's like a hubcap. <laughs> it's gigantic. <laughs> and it's thick. It's not like one inch of cheesecake. It's like, you know, six inches of cheesecake times the width of your refrigerator barely slides in the shelf. So that's lasted pretty good. I'm really big into the Costco protein peanut butter chocolate protein bars. I know that's not really your jam, <laughs> but um, but they're pretty decent. It's health food, Josh. Oh, not at all. No, it's a Snickers without chocolate wrapped around it. That's yeah. what it is. I love how they just slap the protein on there. And yeah. Moms feel good about putting it in their kids' lunches. You know, at home, I'd much rather have a scotch. If I'm going to fuse some calories up, I'd rather... Yeah. I'd rather drink my calories than... Those are the best kind of carbs. There's really not a lot, thankfully, in... No, no, surprisingly not. Well, maybe not compared to a loaf of yes. bread. Like if you're going to have a bagel or a glass of scotch, have a glass of scotch. It's more carb-friendly. <laughs> this is the part where you say, hey, Doug, I think you uh, you got to wrap up here. You got to tell everybody what we learned today, right? And then I said, sure do, Joe. First, take some advice from Rob and Melissa Stevens and learn what items hold the most value before you stock up on an inventory of secondhand goods. Second, if you have I-bonds, it might be time to review the returns you're getting and consider moving that money into CDs or money market funds. But the big lesson? Joe just called and apparently a steak dinner at Sizzler is not worth all the podcast equipment I just sold. Looks like I'm going to have to step things up a notch and take them to Denny's instead. Thanks to Melissa and Rob for joining us today. You can find their adventures at fleamarketflipper.com. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lisa Curry, who's also the host of the Long Story Long podcast, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Wonder how beautiful we all are? Of course, you'll never know if you don't check out our YouTube version of this show, engineered by Tina Eichenberg. Then you'll see once and for all that I'm the best thing going for this podcast. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Youngkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. Say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show.
Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.